Hi, how are you? Welcome to episode four of The Good Enough Human. I'm Angela Ferguson, one of the co-hosts of this lifestyle podcast and Circulate radio show. And in this particular episode, I'll be joined by Paul Crofts to find out just how opera singer and star of The Voice, Emily from Bellevoci, has had to adapt over the course of the past year. The pandemic, as we well know, has impacted on our lives in so many different ways. And for performers, it's meant that the curtain has had to come down on stages across the country and around the world, for now at least. We find out more about Emily's incredibly positive approach to the challenges she has faced, having gone from performing with her fellow singer Sophie in the final of The Voice back in 2018, to travelling around the world to many different countries, um, she's found herself um, stuck at home in London. So let's find out more about just how Emily, who originally hails from Chester, has coped with her year of being away from the stage and the spotlight and how she has adapted and adjusted. are episode three of the good enough human podcast um thank you for joining us and we have a very special guest for this episode um myself and paul crofts are here interviewing none other than the hugely talented emily from belle Voci. welcome emily thank you hello <laughs> thank you for joining us we were fascinated emily by we were just chatting a bit sort of off air, so to speak, before, but we've, we've been fascinated by the very positive approach that you've taken to the pandemic and how, I guess, in some respects, it's turned your life upside down. It's turned all of our lives upside down. We've all yeah. been going through so much, but we, we were really keen to chat to you about your particular experiences of living through this once in a century, extraordinary moment in history and how it's impacted on you being a successful opera singer. You've appeared on The Voice, you got to the final of The Voice, Jennifer Hudson and all sorts of celebrities and and you're, I've got to say before we get going as well, fangirling a bit now, but your voice is just so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was saying to my daughter earlier that gosh, I wish I could sing, I wish I had a voice Any, anywhere near like yours, Emily. So um, I think all... everyone can sing, so you know. <laughs> There's, there's hope for us all then. Yeah. Um, yeah, such a beautiful voice with yourself and Sophie. So, right. So, yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about how things have changed for you, Emily, this year in terms of, you know, the way things have progressed and your career path is going? Mm, absolutely. Well, uh, we're on earth to start. Um, I suppose the very beginning um, when Sophie and I were due to be uh, flying to the Caribbean. This is back in February last year 
and we were due to join a ship and uh, Sophie was on the train to London to Heathrow and she called me she said I've got a weird feeling about this I don't think we should go and I just said well we have to go there's no way the British government would just abandon us out there um, anyway so <laughs> we did not get on that boat we didn't get on the plane our agent sorted it out all for us and, and we're very very glad we didn't because friends of ours who are singers did go out and they did get stuck so that was sort of the beginning of, of when it suddenly became a bit real for us um, and we we suddenly our world came spiraling down um, but wow. actually um, I've been so glad to have Sophie with me the whole way through because it's not just me and my personal career falling apart it's it's the two of us together and we pick each other up each week and you know it's okay everything will be fine eventually you know so yeah <laughs> oh wow wow so um are you sort of bubbling together then, if you don't mind me asking, to sort of support each other through the pandemic? Is that right with performing and everything? Cool. Um, we bubbled, yes. We managed to get in a performance at Chester Cathedral in time for Christmas, which now we're in another lockdown. I cannot believe we had 400 people in one room. It doesn't feel right. But um, yeah, so before that, we bubbled together so we could rehearse and, you know, singing to me part on a stage would just not work for us. So. We bubbled together for that but apart from that we've been apart most of the year which has been really strange we still speak every day all day whatsapps silly messages the whole lot but um i have it's probably the longest that sophie and i have not been together for a very very long time it's been strange oh goodness paul do you want to pick up it's it's really lovely to have you on the uh, podcast emily it really is super that, that, that you've managed to uh, join us this evening um I, I wanted to ask really what what sort of how, how did you two get together to form uh bella Voce in the first place what what sort of was the inspiration for you two joining forces uh, as it were well um we were both solo singers at this point when we both met six years ago was our first gig which is bizarre um and we were both working in the yew tree in bunbury um i was a chef and sophie was a waitress there um and we both worked out that we were both classical singers and we thought this is just too weird a coincidence to um to pass up so we joined forces just just really to do you know duo gigs between our solo gigs and then we went on the voice and the world sort of escalated and and eventually we could be full-time singers which is an absolute dream so yeah that's how it all started wow. that's wonderful i just I've, just before we we went on on air with this i was watching the uh, the uh, youtube clip of your audition on the voice that was some i was it did move me i must admit i was oh, i was you. holding back tears it was <laughs> beautiful absolutely gorgeous well done it was very overwhelming it all felt a bit like a dream it had like it hadn't happened because you've got so much to think about when you're there because it's you know you're being filmed and there's a live audience and there's famous people on chairs and and there's two of us and it was it was pretty stressful but an amazing experience yeah absolutely loved every minute of it it was so great Oh, I, I second that. The, it's just absolutely magical and haunting. It's one of my all-time favourite pieces of music. So to hear you two performing it and to be watching all the drama of the way they sort yeah. of edit it and should we turn around? Are we going to turn around? We've got to turn around, press the buzzer. Yeah. That's yeah, just incredible, great. incredible. We, we love doing that piece as well because it, it's written as a duet, which lots of the songs we do aren't. We write our own arrangements of songs. So to have one that's written as a duet, it just moves so freely and it feels really nice to sing. And I think we rarely do a gig without it anymore. It's just become our trademark piece. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And 
I mean, I've, I've done little bits of singing with Matt Baker in Chester and the Mystery Plays, and I found out that I was a an alto, just about, a bit rough and ready. So with my limited knowledge of sort of classical music, are you both sopranos? Yes, yeah, we're both sopranos and we sort of take in turns to sing the high stuff and the low stuff, depending on how we're feeling that day sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so magical, so beautiful, oh gosh. And I think, I mean, is there something, sorry, it's a slight aside now, I'm just thinking that we're all going through the pandemic, we can be a bit mm. stressed out at times. I found listening to bits of like the music that you and Sophie do, it's so calming, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. We've we've had so many messages from people saying exactly that. And that's sort of totally why we do it. We we do it to, you know, transport people. That's what why music is so powerful and so fantastic, is you can just forget where you are for a minute and just go somewhere else and let someone else take you there. And yeah, absolutely. It's been heartwarming. And we've been selling our CDs all over the all over the world. Actually, I posted one to the USA this morning. So oh. it just to be able to share that with other people is just totally why we do it. So yeah. Oh, wow <laughs> that's that's absolutely tremendous you know that you're you're still a in, in all that's going on that you're still able to reach out to to a global audience that's just fantastic uh, yeah. so what, what are your hopes for sort of the, the rest of this year do you have plans to carry on performing or are, are you doing other things well um we've been in talks with Storyhouse in chester which is very exciting um and obviously it's all surrounded by TVCs and COVID pendings, but um, we have got a show that Sophie and I are slowly writing uh, together at the moment, but it's, uh, you know, under wraps, but for now, um, but hopefully something in the next few months, whenever we know we, we come out of lockdown or whatever, we're going to hopefully get to Chester. And then lots of the stuff that was postponed from last year, touch wood, is still in the diary and we've signed a couple of contracts just this week. So hopefully things seem to be looking really positive and, and we're just clinging on to the positivity of the future. So, yeah, absolutely. We hope to be performing soon and recording, hopefully, eventually this year as well. Oh, that, that's really good to hear. That's tremendous news. And I, I re really look forward to to seeing what transpires with the with the performance at uh, Storyhouse because that's such yeah. a great venue and a great asset to the city. So that'll be something wonderful to look really something to look forward to. Absolutely. Oh. And they're amazing there and they, they look after us so well. We did a small gig at the Garrett Theatre once and they're just their team is so slick and it's just built to be sung and performed in. And oh, it's a magical place. Yeah, great. It is lovely, isn't it? I think of it as like a home from home. It's uh, very yeah. welcoming. I really, really hope that that can all happen as soon as possible. We need that, don't we? We need that Same. in our lives. We need it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, Emily, um, do you really miss, well, you know, when you wake up in the morning or you, I don't know, you're multitasking, prepping dinner or something, do you really miss performing? Really weird question. Because, or maybe it's a good question, but a weird answer. I, no, I mean, I do, absolutely. But because it was such a huge part of our lives, I found it really difficult at the beginning. I would think about singing and I'd burst into tears. So I, my coping mechanism was to just put it in a box. Sophie and I thought of a long and hard about how to keep our social media alive and recording stuff when you're miles apart. It's just not how we like to work. I, th I take my hat off to people who can do it. It's amazing. The technicalities of it all blow my mind. But for me, I've had to put it in a box and not really open it until I needed to. So no, I haven't missed performing because I've just not thought about it. I've just got my head down and focused on just getting through day to day and 
and setting up Emily's feasts, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But I am so but then it came to the Christmas show that Sophie and I did and then we started writing the show and arranging miles apart which was just hilarious sending each other whatsapp voice notes I think I'm gonna do this harmony here what do you think oh no that doesn't work with your harmony what on earth are we doing it was weird we got there um, and lots of it sort of just muddled through once we were bubbling up but um that when we went out and stood on the stage again that euphoric feeling that we hadn't felt for nearly a year was indescribable and yeah I could well up now talking about it it's just an amazing feeling and it's totally why we do it and we were petrified before we went on stage because we hadn't done it for so long that I was a nervous wreck my legs nearly wouldn't let me walk out on stage it's the strangest thing I haven't had that since I was like 13 but um we did it and then afterwards we were just I mean, we, just, we hugged for a very long time it's so so cute but yeah I, I miss it a lot but I try not to tap into that box you know oh. self-preservation and all that so oh my goodness Emily I feel emotional hearing you talking about wow. and about you Paul absolutely yeah I know I mean I've I've performed on stage a little bit myself so I, I know that sort of feeling and, and I, I don't yeah. get to I, I play the organ, play the keyboard, so I don't get to do that very often these days, certainly not in mm. public anyway. And so we're on the rare occasions when I have done that, yeah, there's something very, very special about it, and you can't beat that warmth and applause mm. that comes back from the audience yeah. and the feeling that you get from that. Yeah, that is really something special. So yeah. all power to you for, for sort of going out and doing that concert at, at the cathedral. That must be wonderful. So let's hope you can get back on the stage you know, soon. Let's hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned about setting up the business, Emily. I'm I'm in awe, you know, not only <laughs> have you got this fantastic operatic career, but you've got other incredible talents which have come to the fore. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes. So um, as I mentioned, Sophie and I met when I was a chef um, and Sophie was a waitress. And um, so it seemed quite apt that when all this so singing stuff took a pause, that the cooking would come back to the forefront. And so I just, well, I found myself having hours and hours and hours in the day, not knowing what to do, but wanting to stay proactive. And I can't sit still, those who know me know I can't sit still for very long. And I do everything at a thousand miles an hour. So giving seven hours a day doing nothing, I was going mad. So I started just cooking for, we were locked down with my, my partner and I were locked down with my parents at the time for the first one. Um, so I just started cooking literally all day and rediscovering the joy of it because I hadn't cooked for so long because Sophie and I were traveling I mean once a week we had a gig somewhere and it's often it would be abroad so we were traveling so much hardly ever cooking um I was living with my aunt and uncle in Suffolk and then it was just you know it was bizarre I didn't really have a kitchen so to be in one place for a long time I suddenly found my joy of cooking again and so started discovering new recipes and I, I'm quite lazy with recipes I normally just like making it up whereas this time I started reading recipe books again oh the joy it was so nice so I then started taking photos and time lapses on Instagram and then some people got bored of seeing food on my personal Instagram so I, I decided to set up a set up a just an Instagram page and it was never supposed to be monetized or anything and then people kept asking me for recipes so then I sort of made a template for the recipes and then randomly one night photo box just came up you know how they send you 100 emails a week one of them said 50% off 
you know, a photo book. And I'd thought of doing a recipe book for ages and I could never make it viable financially. So I just never really bothered. And then 50% off, I suddenly went, oh my God, I can do this. So I just put a little poll up on Instagram and said, does anyone want it? I don't know if you would want to pay to buy my book, but here it is if you want it, I'm bored and this is the creation. So, and loads of people did, I think about 75 of them in the end, which was just bizarre. I can't believe people are cooking my recipes and they send me pictures all the time. Oh my God, it's just, it's so great. I get enjoyed another way. So it sort of escalated from there. And then once I'd started the recipes, um, I sort of build up a following slowly on Instagram and then decided to do, so it's called Emily's Feasts. Um, after many, many brainstorming sessions, I came up with Emily's Feasts. And so then I started to do feasts for the freezer. Um, and I'm currently based in London, so I just deliver within the M25 now, unless I'm going home to Chester, then I sometimes deliver around that. <laughs> um, and then I started doing brownies, letterbox brownies, which was sort of the perfect thing for lockdown, because I'm sending about 20 a week to people saying, I love you, I miss you, we'll see you soon, that sort of, you know, hope in chocolate form. So that's, it's just sort of slowly grown, and I'm baffled, but overwhelmed and really grateful to everyone who's just really jumped on and supported what I'm doing, which is lovely. Oh, wow. Because I think I saw when I was looking at your Instagram account, some delicious looking heart shaped chocolates as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> Valentine's is coming. All these things I don't really normally think about. <laughs> and suddenly I'm thinking, oh, my God, I just like Valentine's in two weeks. I'm prepped. So, yes, I've got some truffles and some, you know, I'm temp I've learned how to temper chocolate. That was the bane of my life for about a month. But I think I've got it now and it's nice and shiny. And then wow. um, I'm doing a special take on my brownies with some freeze dried raspberries on top. So they look quite sweet. So that's my Valentine's offering. <laughs> oh, sounds divine. <laughs> Anything chocolate is just a winner for me. <laughs> that sounds absolutely tremendous. That really does. I, I just, well, as you were talking, I was just sort of thinking, would you ever combine the singing and the cooking? So you, you would have perhaps a night where you, where you cooked a meal and then did a performance af afterwards? Well, I did it once for my mum's milestone birthday I won't tell you which one and I, I cooked for I think it was 64 people I did a four course meal and it was actually when I was working with Sarah um back in the day and so I did that and then Sophie and I sang afterwards and I have to admit it was the most stressful thing I've ever done because I had to change hats I was a chef and I was bossy and mean and angry and hot and sweaty and then I had to go and be glamorous singing Emily oh my god I couldn't I so in all honesty as as romantic as the singing chef sounds I, I can't I can't do it I can't change hats that quickly <laughs> that would make a great tv series wouldn't it yeah, it would <laughs> And then, I'm, yeah, I'm just imagining you, Emily, in the future on something like Celebrity MasterChef, maybe. Would you do something <laughs> like that? <laughs> I'm not sure about celebrity version because I'm not quite a celebrity, but I would love to do MasterChef one day, maybe. I mean, you know, when you're sitting at home and you're, you're doing the skills test, and you're thinking, well, of course it's that, but that's only because you've been shown it beforehand. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think it'd be quite stressful. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, talking of, you know, as I say, harking back to the fact that we can't get away from it, can we, this extraordinary year that we're all living through? Mm. I mean, it sounds to me like you, you've pretty much got it sussed, Emily, with you found <laughs> ways to cope. Is there any sort of tips that you could share with anyone for, for coping with this, our third lockdown, and we're all getting a bit oh, fed up? And... 
Yeah, I would just, well, what's worked for me is I, I can't compartmentalize and put things in boxes. And if I need to address something, I'll gently open the box when I'm in a happy place. I wouldn't dare touch the box if I'm feeling low or it's raining or anything like that. Um, and genuinely every day as it comes. And sometimes, you know, somebody says, let's zoom or, you know, let's have a call. And I found myself thinking, oh, I really can't be bothered to do another one. And then you do them and afterwards you're instantly lighter. So I really disciplined myself to reach out to everyone and even just telling myself that maybe they need me rather than I need them at this point. So that's helped. And I'm just staying in contact with as many people as possible. And also um, what's worked, even in the rain, is to go for a little walk around the block every day. And just if the days that I don't do that, don't make myself go. I really can't bother. I want to stay in my pajamas, but um, <laughs> the days I don't are definitely that I notice a lot um, in my mood and you know how I generally feel. So, yeah, staying in contact and trying to get outside as much as possible. I ran past Buckingham Palace the other day. <gasps> that was cool, and it was so quiet and no tourists. <laughs> nothing. Honestly, felt like it was just me and Miss Queenie. You know. How wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> did you wave? <laughs> I did. Oh, I did the roll wave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic Fan but yeah great tips there great tips because we're all sometimes we're all looking for that bit of advice aren't we or a boost from what Absolutely. works for for you and thank you for sharing that what really impresses me emily is just your your whole enthusiasm and your sort of <laughs> zest for what you're doing with the cooking and the performing it's, it's just it's very infectious i have to say it's really it's fantastic and i just <laughs> wish you every success with with the cooking and wherever your career takes you it's just wonderful it really is superb it's excellent i must say that this whole cooking thing was supposed to be my retirement plan sort of brought it forward <laughs> a few years but uh, i'm still loving it i'm absolutely loving it so i'm very grateful to have two strings to my old bow you know fantastic <laughs> and, uh, the boyfriend's less pleased though that's why we have to do lots of running because if i ate everything i could <laughs> Lockdown two was it was rather round. We're trying to be more disciplined for lockdown three. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think Emily going forwards, when things start to lift and you can perform again, will you combine the two? Are you going to somehow blend them and keep going? Yeah, I've thought about this a lot. I think I'm just going to have to see how how it goes and how quickly things pick up at Bellavocci. Um, as I mentioned, we were doing amazing amounts of travelling, which I. I miss so much. It was incredible. Um, so that would be tricky to do my, you know, my freezer feasts, for example. Um, but I think brownies freeze quite well. So maybe I'll just do a stack before I go and then ask the boyfriend to send them out when I'm away <laughs> or something. I don't know. We haven't quite worked out the business plan yet. Um, he doesn't quite know that one either. But I'm hoping to carry on because Monday to Thursday, you know, Sophie and I would be doing a lot of admin, but a lot of the time not really having to travel anywhere um, or just planning shows and things which we can do, I could do in between cooking. So I'm hoping to carry it on in between because I do love it. And I have actually weirdly built up a little, you know, gaggle of people who we all share notes and compare, you know, brownie recipes. And, and I, I talk to quite a lot of people who just want to speak to a, a screen, you know, to vent or whatever it is. So I don't want to abandon those people or them abandon me. So I'd like to keep going with both if I can. And we'll just have to see how it, how it goes really, yeah. That sounds wonderful, absolutely wonderful. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm sort of flabbergasted by your many talents, Emily, and your bright personality. And it is infectious, as Paul said. It's really, really boosted me chatting to you. Good. Thank you. You've just uh, got to stay positive, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll fall down. So just oh. keep 
yeah, blind optimism, someone said to me once, I do have a lot of blind optimism. I'm just going to blinker onto a path and hopefully no one will move me. <laughs> I think that's, that's a very positive frame of mind, a very positive way to go about things. And um, we are obviously, we're running out of time now, but is there anything that you'd like to add, Emily? Any thoughts or anything coming up or reflections going forwards or the past year? That's a big, big question. Um, <laughs> I think just generally trying to stay positive and also allowing oneself to have those days where you don't feel like being positive and you don't feel like talking to anyone. And that's OK as well. I think I think tr I've, I've tried. I've been quite hard on myself being, you know, 29 years old and eating into the small numbers of savings I had and not I'm not really feeling very independent I've really struggled with that and I think my family and, and my boyfriend have been amazing and Sophie actually at just saying hey it's okay there's not everyone has a pandemic in their lives you know it's it's okay to lean on those around you and and as a result of I don't know being hard on myself I have created another business I suppose but I couldn't have done that without you know the love and encouragement of people around me so I think allow yourself not to be a not to be superhuman you know pandemics don't happen every day and and I think we can just well I know somebody said we're not all in the same boat but we're weathering the same storm so I quite like that everyone's circumstances might be different but there is this feeling of we can do this we can get through this just one step at a time and let's head towards that vaccine light <laughs> Absolutely. So incredibly positive and inspiring. Thank you so much for talking Thank to you. Um, Thanks for having me. Paul, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Well, I'd just like to say thank you so much for, for joining us, Emily. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. And as I say, your as I said, your sort of positivity is so infectious. And I, I think you're absolutely right. You know, you uh, it's so important to just remember that you can't always do everything that people yeah. expect of you, and nor should you feel guilty about it. You know, you, we're all allowed an off day. And I think that, yeah. as, you've, as you said, as, we, as we're going through these unprecedented um, times at the moment, is just so important. So, yeah, really good advice. Thank, thank you for that. That's really, really helpful. Thank you so much. Glad. <laughs> and just before we go, Emily, if people want to find out more information about Bellevocci or um, yeah. Emily's Feast, where should they go to? How can they do that? Oh, if you Google Bellevocci, B-E-L-L-E-V-O-C-I, um, we are the top hit. It's quite exciting. <laughs> um, and then Emily's Feasts. Um, if you go on Instagram, I also have a website on there and you can send someone you love some Valentine's chocolates. <laughs> it's a hard sell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Emily's Feast. Um, I'm on Instagram and, and, and my website as well. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much. And um, all, all the very best with your endeavours for the future. We so dearly hope that you are back on stage again soon. Thank you. So do I. Thank you. <laughs> oh, take care. It's been that. Uh, it's been great fun. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Bye. So there you have it, a little taster of how Emily from Bellevocci has had to adapt throughout the pandemic and the numerous lockdowns that we've all faced. She was an absolute pleasure to interview, to be honest, a much needed ray of sunshine at what can be a hard time for us. We dearly hope to see her and Sophie, um, her fellow singer from Bellevocci, back on stage in the not too distant future.
Well, that's it from us for now. Um, Just to say thank you so much to all of our guests and to um, my co-host for these um, podcasts, um, these particular two podcasts, Paul Crofts. And thanks also to Dr. Stephen Kenyon Owen for the ACE music that helps bring the podcast to life. And thank you, above all, for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you soon.